0: Welcome to Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. I'm your host, Tekla, and I'm ready to guide you on a transformative journey of holistic health and self-discovery using the power of the Law of Attraction. We've all heard tales of manifesting fortunes and jet-set adventures. But this, this is a different journey. Here we focus on achieving abundant health, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. With the Law of Attraction, I've healed chronic pain, overcome a diagnosed mental illness, and reverse PCOS. We're all about realigning our energies to manifest our full potential. As we focus inward, raising our vibration, you'll be astounded by the ease at which the universe responds. Once you focus on yourself, the rest just falls into place. My goal for each weekly episode is to provide you with practical, easy to apply steps that you can weave directly into your daily routine. Together, we'll navigate the path to achieving your own health and wellness goals. So let's dive right in. Hello, my wellness witches. I'm your host, Tekla. This is Heal Yourself with the Law of Attraction. And today, I'm excited to report I made a huge investment in myself last week, and I'm feeling really good about it. This investment is related to the business I'm launching. And sometimes when we're faced with a decision on whether to invest financially or not, it can be a little confronting and overwhelming, especially when there's a large amount of money at stake. Something I'm trying to work on right now is becoming emotionally neutral and detached around money. I'm very good at applying the law of attraction in a lot of other areas of my life consistently. But historically, when it comes to money, it's been a struggle for me to understand, implement, and embody those same principles in this area. So I'm doing that work on myself, and it is definitely a new area of exploration for me. I'm approaching money and finances in a way where I'm not overlaying any beliefs around the amount of money. So, like, for example, to say that in a different way. I'm trying to adopt the same mentality when spending $5 to spending $500. I'm trying to take a step back and clear all of these negative and limiting beliefs I've formed around money and scarcity. This investment I recently made was for a couple of thousand dollars. And the way I reframe that in my mind was to think about the potential outcomes. So if I'm thinking about the outcome for my business and my life and my future, what would I be willing to spend on that and how does it compare to the actual amount? And honestly, the amount that I would have been willing to spend to achieve those outcomes is way more than the initial investment. That's how I know the value and opportunity outweighs the cost. The upside and potential is so huge that it would be really silly for me not to invest. I think that's the frame of mind that I'm going to proceed with and try and look at things with in the future. And even though this investment was related to business, I think you can take a similar approach when thinking about your health. What would be the amount you would be willing to pay to achieve everything you want when it comes to your health? I don't encourage spending beyond your means, but if you're on the fence, try and think about the outcomes and what they're worth to you. I'm going to have a lot more updates for you about my money journey because I think it's really an area where a lot of people struggle. I think a lot of people feel crippled by their finances and they have high levels of stress and anxiety just thinking about money. Adopting that scarcity mindset when it comes to finances definitely impacts your health, especially your mental health. So while money might not seem directly related to health, The topic is very loaded for a lot of people and does have implications, especially when we're feeling weighed down due to a financial burden. If this is you and you can relate to this topic, just know that you're not alone. It is very common to feel this way. A statistic just came out in the U.S. and it says that the majority of people earning over $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. We're going to touch on this more and more, so there's more to come. Let's get into today's topic. Today, I want to talk about confidence, and I want to redefine it, because the attributes and characteristics of a confident person that we were taught as children, I would disagree with. Growing up, I feel like we were taught that a confident person is often the loudest one in the room, the one that's the center of attention and not afraid to be. The one that's often the busiest and the most important. The one that's the most popular, social, or extroverted. The one that's the most competitive and ready for a challenge. The one that's the leader or authority figure. The one that's successful and has a slew of accolades and accomplishments to show for it. To me, that's not what confidence is about. Confidence is the ability to step back, observe, and hear the thoughts and perspectives of others. It's the ability to look inward, reflect, and improve self-awareness. Confidence is allowing other people to shine and encouraging the best out of them. Confidence is the ability to recognize equality and reject this idea of superiority. Confidence isn't competitive. A confident person doesn't feel threatened. They aren't concerned with comparison or external validation or recognition. Confidence isn't always extroversion. Introverts can be equally confident, showcasing the strength that comes from quiet determination and thoughtful communication. A confident person doesn't seek out the spotlight. Being the center of attention isn't the goal. Confidence is not about needing approval from everyone. True confidence involves staying true to your values and being authentic, even if it means not conforming to societal expectations. Busyness doesn't equal confidence. True confidence comes from knowing when to rest and recharge as well, the ability to lead this life of balance and self-care. Confidence doesn't mean being immune to insecurities. Instead, it's about managing and overcoming those doubts to pursue goals and dreams. It's not about denying weaknesses, but acknowledging them and addressing them. Confident people are comfortable with their imperfections, and they're open to growth and self-improvement. Confidence is about recognizing it's okay to be vulnerable, and true confidence involves acknowledging and navigating those feelings rather than suppressing them. Confident people do not feel the need to preach or impose their opinions on others. Instead, they recognize the value of sharing insights and experiences when invited or in situations where they genuinely believe they can add value. Confidence involves a balance between expressing yourself and respecting the autonomy of others to make their own decisions. It's about contributing constructively rather than forcing perspectives onto others. It's the ability to retreat gracefully when they aren't able to contribute or add any more value. To me, confidence is quiet and insecurity is loud. So why are we talking about this? Because I met someone this weekend who is part of my Surf Lifesaving Qualification course who exhibited quiet confidence. And after two days back-to-back with this person, I realized how huge the difference in energy and magnetism is between somebody who exhibits quiet and loud confidence. This person carried themselves in a way where their energy was just palpable. They spoke in a way where they didn't feel the need to be heard, but just wanted to add value where they could. They were courteous and respectful and kind and genuine. They leaned into their authenticity, probably knowing that they weren't everyone's cup of tea, but also not caring. And not in an obnoxious way, just in a way where they knew who they were at their core, and it's unwavering. They were happy to discuss and acknowledge their flaws as well as their strengths. And they encouraged other members of the team in the group to show up and give it their all. They were not in the spotlight, and that was okay for them. In fact, there were other people who were in the spotlight, and I feel like those people were trying to preach their credibility and qualifications, but this person was the opposite. They were showing up vulnerably, even with a strong sense of self. I feel like, in my past, I would have gravitated toward being the loudest in the room and making sure everyone knew who I was and that I had a right to be there. And I would have gravitated toward the people that were doing the same, who were exhibiting the same traits and the same behaviors. But I'm happy to say that this weekend, I was able to acknowledge how far I've really come in my own journey. I was able to immediately identify that group of people and then recognize the value in the opposite. This person I've been mentioning, I think they wouldn't have been the type of person I wanted to be friends with in the past. But that quiet confidence and energy and magnetism really attracted me toward them. They were just happy to be there and be included and be part of a community and a team. And it didn't matter what else was going on, that they were struggling with challenging parts of the first two days of the course. They showed up bravely and authentically, and they weren't afraid. When you feel you have something to prove to yourself and to the world, you often feel the need to be validated. I think as I grow into this future version of myself that I'm proud of, I recognize that I don't need to be insecure about what I have to offer. I don't need to be heard. And I don't need to put everything out there because what's meant for me will not pass me by. And I don't need to shout it from the rooftops. What I put out into the world, I will attract back. And that no longer involves this desperate need for attention and to be validated. I will say sometimes I get caught up in it a little bit, but I'm getting better at recognizing when that happens much earlier on and letting that insecurity go. I don't need to preach what I know, where I've been, what I've accomplished, or what I believe onto anybody else. And quite frankly, Nobody really cares, and if people are going to judge you for that, they're not your people. I think something else I've learned about quiet confidence is that actions speak louder than words. It's not about boasting. It's about demonstrating how I can serve others and benefit the world consistently over time. It's about showing up how I want to see my friends, family, and the people around me show up too. I don't demand respect because I recognize there's a need to earn that through action and integrity. On this topic of actions over words, there's certainly a lot of nonverbal cues that are associated with quiet confidence. That can include having a relaxed presentation and posture, maintaining eye contact even in a challenging conversation, exhibiting signs of deep thinking and reflection, acknowledging the opinions of others even when you disagree through nodding or mirroring the body language of those talking to you to show that you're engaged and interested. When you have quiet confidence, the goal of the conversation is not to keep talking until somebody agrees with you. The objective isn't agreement or convincing anybody else to get on board with your way of thinking. It's about allowing space for different points of view to come to light and reflecting on how that might change and evolve your own personal beliefs. It's about knowing that there's space for everything to exist and that doesn't take anything away from you. Everyone's living their own personal truth and that doesn't threaten a person with quiet confidence. So what does quiet confidence have to do with the 12 universal laws? Let's start with the law of correspondence. That law states that patterns in your life correspond to the patterns in your mind. So basically, what's going on inside is mirrored in your environment. So if you have a chaotic internal life, you're going to also be seeing chaos in your external life. Quiet confidence is rooted in self-assurance and a positive, unwavering self-image. That internal state contributes to creating those same experiences externally. You don't feel the need to be heard, so you're not going to find yourself in situations where you feel the need to prove yourself. You're confident in who you are, and the people around you are going to respond accordingly. Let's talk about the law of cause and effect. Every action has a consequence. A person with quiet confidence is allowing everyone around them to be seen and heard. They're creating that space for themselves to show up authentically so others want to do the same. And that is contributing to a positive cycle of cause and effect relationships. When you're bringing those positive attributes out of others, you're doing good in the world and you're going to see that good return to you. Let's talk about the law of vibration. We all know this law very well and it suggests that everything in the universe carries its own unique energetic frequency and has a vibration. The energy and vibration of quiet confidence is one of inner strength and positivity. So of course you're going to radiate at a higher vibrational frequency than somebody who is carrying around and exhibiting traits of insecurity. Let's talk about the law of polarity. This law states that everything exists on a spectrum. So the opposite of quiet confidence is insecurity, for example. Embodying confidence involves balancing and recognizing that weakness sometimes exists in yourself and in others. Confidence truly isn't about showing up and pretending to be perfect and on top of it all of the time. It's acknowledging that these qualities coexist and they complement each other. You can't have confidence without insecurity, right? And once you recognize the insecurity within yourself, you're in a much more powerful position to take control and work on your own self-development and growth and show up with true confidence more often, more authentically, and more genuinely. So how can you adopt quiet confidence in your own life? The first step is self-reflection, and this involves reflecting on your own strengths and areas of improvement. It's about acknowledging where you might feel insecure and getting to the root cause of why. Because we can't resolve something if we don't know what's going on. If we don't bring it into the light, it's really hard to let it go. We are all insecure about something in our life. It is tough to confront what's underlying. But the upside is that we don't get triggered about it once we start to unpack what's going on beneath the surface. And we don't feel threatened. We're able to adopt and embody this attitude of quiet confidence rather than feeling the need to prove ourselves. The second step is starting to become aware of how we act and respond in social situations with people that we know and also with people we don't know. And I would say you want to do this with grace and without judgment, and it involves a little bit of post-processing. I want you to come home from whatever situation you were in and think about what you said, what you contributed, and how you acted in that social setting. Was there anywhere you felt like you were speaking just to be heard, rather than adding value or having a meaningful connection with someone else? The reason it's important to do this without judgment is because we don't want to fall into the shame spiral about what we said or what we did. It's not productive, it's not helpful, and it's not the goal. Once we start shining the light on something, it is so much easier to change that behavior but you can't do that without this post-process evaluation step. I think it's also more powerful to do this in a situation where you're reflecting after meeting somebody new. What did you feel the need to tell that person about you who didn't know you? What came up straight away? Maybe you felt the need to tell them that you're an entrepreneur or you're self-made and hardworking. I would challenge that a little bit. Why was that the first thing that came out of your mouth? Why do you feel the need to prove that? Is it because you feel that people in your past have challenged your work ethic or your dedication or motivation? Is it because your parents told you that you would never amount to anything as a child? Whatever the reason is, is far less important than identifying the reason. Because once we know, we can clear it. And I want you to clear it using one of the many techniques we've discussed or one of the techniques that works for you. And you need to clear it all the way. So when someone says something to you related to that insecurity, you're emotionally neutral instead of reactive. The next step is getting comfortable with silence. You don't always have to be talking or listening or doing something. Silence can convey calmness and thoughtfulness. And it is totally okay to pause and reflect even in the moment during conversation. I think sometimes when we're meeting someone new, we're afraid of any sort of silence or lag. We immediately try and fill that void because we're uncomfortable. But in reality, pauses in conversation are natural, and we've got to get used to that. Try not to jump in immediately. Resist the urge to do that when you can. This will be a skill that you just have to get used to. And I first learned this when I was training to be a volunteer teacher as part of my volunteer work at university they drilled this into us it is so much better to have a moment of pause and reflection to collect your thoughts than try and fill that void with meaningless banter or filler words like um uh and like it is one of the most valuable skills i've ever been taught in my life but it is fucking uncomfortable at the start when you're getting used to it. So practice, practice, practice. The last step is leading by example. There is nothing wrong with demonstrating the qualities you bring to the table if you're doing so in a way where you're adding value or you're invited to talk about them. When you lead by example and you let your actions speak for themselves, others are so much more likely to be inspired by the energy you carry and the way you exhibit them. And they're motivated to start showing up in that same way because that's attractive and magnetic. Okay, friends, please try and put some of this into action over the next week or two. What is the worst that's going to happen? There is no risk but a huge upside for you. Also, please remember to take five seconds and rate review and follow the show if you're not already. It really does help me out so much, more than you know. That's all for today. Peace, love, and mung beans. Bye.